Life is precious, and we all have the opportunity of living it to the fullest. Unfortunately, so few of us know how to manage it all. How do we account for our opportunities? How do we account for our time? How do we account for our relationships, health, spirituality, homes, finances, influence, and careers? How do we account for the one life we have to live? I am so glad you asked. In this program, you will find answers to all of these questions and more. Welcome to the Account for Your Life podcast with your host, the healthy accountant himself, Jay Moore. What's happening and welcome back. Um, happy February 1st. What an awesome and incredible time to be alive today. We're going to talk about how to get closer to God. And this is this is probably going to be one of the most interesting um, podcasts that I've ever done. Um, but I'm super excited just to talk about it. So how does one get closer to God? And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the word of God um, and we're going to look at um, part of the account of Jesus' life, um, because that's probably the the best way to understand or to at least start getting a glimpse of what it's like to get closer to God. Now, before we do that, if you have, if you're new to the channel, um, and if you're new to the podcast, wherever you're listening, if you're listening, um, make sure you follow or, or subscribe on that platform. But if you would go over to YouTube and go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel, we post the podcast there, um, the video of that every single day. And so we'd love to see you over there as well. So thank you so much for subscribing. We want to get to 100,000 subscribers this year. And we know that, look, we can't get there alone. We're going to need people like you to help us to get there. So share this podcast with your friends and your networks. Wow. Getting closer to God. Have you ever wanted to get closer to God? Have you ever thought about what is, man, how, how can I get close to God? Yes, we're going to have some practical things today. But let's look at something. I'm going to look at something in the Word of God. And if you have your Bible uh, or your Bible app, make sure you definitely go to your Bible app and check this out. In Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, this is where Jesus is coming to get baptized. What is baptism? Baptism at the time was a way of, uh, that was a way of someone saying, you know what, I want to follow the way that John the Baptist is preaching or, 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 or preaching the gospel. I mean, it wasn't the gospel back then. But whatever John the Baptist was doing, that was like the way that the, what they used to say, you know what, how you're saying it, I like it. I'm going to go ahead and do what you're saying. It was almost like an initiation, a baptism going, being submerged into the water. There's, a, I'm sure there's a lot of you know, different ways we can explain it, but that's the the simplest way we can kind of like put it. So John is back there, back there, baptizing people, putting people in water. He's preaching. And now Jesus and John knew each other because they were cousins. And, you know, which is interesting, right? They're cousins. Jesus is not hanging around. And then one day Jesus shows up to the party. You know, John's over there baptizing, preaching, and Jesus comes down. He says, oh my goodness, like, look who's here. Now, he knew, think about this, he knew who Jesus was. 
And he's like, look who's here. Wow. And so here it is. Jesus comes, says, then cometh Jesus in verse 13 from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I, I have need to be baptized by you and comest thou to me. And Jesus answered unto him, man, suffer it to be so. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. To get closer to God is to fulfill what God wants in your life. Jesus knew what Jesus knew that it wasn't like, well, I need to get better. Oh, I need to, you know, I need to give my life to the Lord. No, that was that's not what Jesus was doing. What Jesus was doing was following what he was told to do. God told him, hey, go down there and have John put you in the water. So the first thing, if we're going to get close to God, we've got to listen to what God is saying to us, right? And how do we know, but how, not and, but how do we know when God is talking to us, that is God talking to us? Wow. That's, that's even, man, that's even deeper because how do you know? Now, if you are already a believer, if you're already someone of faith, then you know, you, you've heard God's voice. You've heard God's voice in your life before. And a lot of times, sometimes we resist the thing that God asked us to do because it seemed hard. Jesus didn't need to be baptized. However, what Jesus needed was a message. He needed something to talk about. See, John already had something he was talking about. And we're going to get to that in a second. John was talking about something. And so Jesus was like, oh, John's already, John's already talking about what I think I should be talking about. And so, well, let me go down there. And back then, what John had was more of a school. He was training people to be rabbis, rabbis in essence. So Jesus had to had to be taught under him. Technically, he's baptized by him. He's now in John's school, which now allows Jesus to be promoted to rabbi because you've heard people call him rabbi before. That was because he studied under John, right? So that's the first thing. So Jesus is following the principle of listening to what God is telling him to do, and then and Jesus was, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight away out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. And the voice from heaven saying, and, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So I'm not going to say this happens all the time, but but when we do things for God, he will he'll recognize you. He recognized, hey, wow, this is my son. He did what I told him to do. Now, what, what's interesting is it's it's all now good. Like this is the good part. See, if we're going to get closer to God, 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 God wants to bring us closer. But what does God do? to ensure that he can trust you and he can trust me. What does he do? How, how does he, how does he um, test that? Just that. Then you go into Matthew 4, and those first several verses was that verse 1 all the way down to 11 is the temptations. So wait a second. Jesus did what God told him to do. 
you did what God told you to do. And God's like, well, we ain't done yet. Let me see if, let me see if it's real. Let me see if you're real. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see if this can hold up under pressure. And Jesus has shown us now, I'm not going to go through the temptations, um, but I am going to highlight something because what is a temptation? A temptation is something that you find attractive, <laughs> something that you find attractive, but you, but no, but you know that it's wrong and it's not beneficial. So you think when, when we get tempted, come on now, we've been tempted in food. Oh man, I was, oh man, I've gotten tempted last night. I was tempted and I fell. I was tempted. I'm in the supermarket. And I mean, I, all kind of things was tempting me. I wound up eating a cookie. I wound up just buying a cookie and eating it and, and say, I just eat one. And I just ate one cookie, but I was still tempted. It was a temptation, right? Now, now is it, was that wrong? It wasn't necessarily wrong, but was it beneficial to me? Well, Jay, what's wrong with having a cookie? Nothing. It's nothing necessarily wrong with having a cookie, but was it beneficial to me? When I say beneficial, how, do, how does that kind of thing play on my psyche? How does that play on my psychology later? Oh, I could just have one cookie. So I have to, I have to, I have to realize that wow, a temptation come, a temptation come in all forms. They come in all like in all ways. So we got to see temptations. Jesus saw the temptations as bad as he was feeling. It says in that word of, in the word of God, Matthew 4, that he had gone 40 days on a fast. What? Can't even imagine that. There was a time when I did do a fast for like 14 days, but that was, wow. 40 days on a fast. How would you be feeling after 40 days? I heard that, you know, if you go 30 days, like you're probably going to be, I mean, you could be jammed up, you know, no energy. But he went 40 days. So he didn't have any energy. He was done. He was probably hanging on at this point. He probably knew he needed some food. And right when he was at his worst, God's pulling him closer. See, we, when we get close to God, we get close to God because God is like, yeah, wow, the temptation is there for him. Can he stand up to the temptation? And as we looked in the word of God, you know, when when devil comes and, you know, he brings a thing to Jesus and Jesus just automatically, he, you know, he, he, he responds in a way that a person will respond who's close to God. See, because when we get close to God, we start talking in a way that only God can talk through us. When we get close to God, we start acting like, you know, a person that's close to God. When we get close to God, all of a sudden we we have supernatural ideas and supernatural ways of completing things and doing things when we get close to God. But sometimes when we get close to God, it's not gonna feel good. It's not gonna. It's not gonna look good. It's, it's gonna be hard. And there it is. Jesus is being tempted. He's being tempted. And as we looked at this temptation, it wasn't that he need no food. 
He needed the food. But he said, you know what? No, I'm not going to give food that way. You're not, you're not going to tempt me to do something that doesn't make any sense. And then, I mean, because we know what the temptations are. You got tempted with food, right? First one. He gets tempted with, um, you know, devil told him he's going to give him everything. And, you know, it's like, oh, fame. Oh, no, not, not going to happen. Then then he tempts him, tempts him the third time um, and told him he was going to give him the world. How many times have we been tempted in our lives by the devil? See, the devil sits in so many things. And the devil, guys, today, the devil has systems that he work in. And the system, just like God has systems. So the devil has counterfeit systems. And, and his counterfeit systems, all these temptations sit in there. I'm going to give you one system. The food system. We now live in a food system. See, back in those days, they didn't live in a food system. They made all the food. They grew all it the, like they they had to work hard for food. Today we have a food system. Imagine this. And so there's two there's two systems. There's the good system and the bad system. Man, there's a good system and a bad system. Now it's getting so hard to try and figure out what's the good system because, because now what they've been doing, they've been camouflaging. They camouflage everything on labels, right? They give you a picture of how good something looks, but on the back, when you read the labels and you see all the stuff in the all the stuff in the food that you're gonna eat, you're like, what in the world is that? See, because they tell you. Think about this. They put a picture, oh, this is good for you. But when you go read the label and then you don't understand some of the words and you go look at the words, you go study the words, you go look them up and you realize, why did they even put that in there? They trying to kill me? Oh, man. Think about the temptation that Jesus got, which, which the devil tempted him with food. We know we're tempted with food every day. We read the labels and still say, so, you know, I'm just eating it anyway. Dang, I'm guilty of reading a label and still eating it. But what if the label just has one thing in it? Oh, that's healthy. <laughs> fruit, it's just healthy, it's just fruit. Now, but, but, but the problem with the fruit now is, what are they doing to the fruit? At least it doesn't have, at least the fruit, at least the fruit doesn't have all the, all the other stuff in it, but but with the way that they grow it, the pesticides, and you know the fact that some fruit is some fruit and vegetables are just made up; they're just man-made. Now that's better than eat some. It's probably better than eating some of the other crap. But dang, look at how hard it's now becoming to eat because there's a system. The devil said, "I'm going to get people." in this system and they won't be able to get out of it now this is the podcast is not about that but i'm just walking us through these temptations just a simple temptation or a simple act of eating becomes a temptation and what happens is we lose the battle every single day every day 
in the United States of America, most people are obese. The obesity rate is, is just horrible. It's just scary. Everything is messed up. All the systems are out to take us down. But Jesus showed us, hey, if you want to get close to God, you're going to have to resist the systems that are created by him. We got to resist those systems if we want to get close to God. Now, I'm going to give you how you're going to do this because this is this is this is what Jesus this is how Jesus said it. And Jesus when he went to John the Baptist school for for ministries what you would call a school of ministry, school of the rabbi, he went to his school and John the Baptist was saying something that that's all he said when he went to people and he talked to people. He said one thing. And Jesus, when he started, he said one thing as well. And in verse number 17 of chapter 4, now I'm just going to start at, yeah, verse 17. It says, from that time, now I'm going to read from verse 12. Now, when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed to Galilee and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zebulun and Nephilim, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephilim by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region in shadow of death, light is sprung up. Verse 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand how to get closer to god repent see coming and growing up as a, a christian a person that grew up in religion um, i used to hear this word repent and you think that repentance you know i heard someone say man it's not about crying it's not about crying the tears oh lord i want to come back yeah the tears don't mean anything because it's all right repent what does that mean? It just means the definition of repent is to, H, is to have a change of heart and mind that brings us closer to God. Repent. So if we repent, we change. We change our heart and our mind, and that will bring us closer to God. What? What? The act of repentance brings us closer to God because we change our heart and mind. Here's the thing. What beliefs are we holding on to? What beliefs are we holding on to? That would keep us from getting closer and staying close to God. Remember, those temptations. And when the temptations come, we 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 gotta pass the temptations. Not saying that you, you know, you can't fall down. Peter fell down. Peter was tempted, right? 
he was tempted and he and Jesus told he says you're going to be tempted and you're going to fail what why did he do that well he had to fail it was it was a divine order so he had to fail so he told me he was going to fail and there was nothing he can do about it but fail because that had to happen because he had to fail in order to become the person that he was going to be see a lot of times we think oh man man I did all these bad things sometimes you have to do bad things just so that you can get to the person that you're supposed to be get to the person that you really are if i think about it, if i never did anything if i never did anything wrong up to this point then i would I would be sitting here like, well, I wouldn't have anything in the, like like to talk about. I wouldn't have any context of what sin was in my life. I wouldn't have any understanding of all the all the trials and stuff that I've already gone through. So that now that I'm moving forward, I can see it even clearer. I can see, I can see this stuff. So Jesus, in his forty days, you think. He went from the party to three of the biggest temptations of his life. That's kind of like, you know, everything's going good and then you get a tragedy. That's kind of similar to that. Oh, somebody died. That's that's how I'm going to relate it. Everything's going good. Then all of a sudden you got to go through this major trial, this major tragedy, just major circumstances that seems like, wow, am I going to get out? It didn't. It doesn't say in the scripture that. It didn't say that. Well, he's going to stay in this until. Basically, he was going to be there until he got through this, through whatever he needed to get through. And the temptations came when he was at his most vulnerable point. Let's think about it. There's times when we're vulnerable. There's times. So, all right, I'm not going to hold you much longer here, but here's here's the thing. When we repent, when we change, when we have a change of heart and mind, that will bring us closer to God. So what is repentance and how do I repent? How do I repent? Well, repent is to just go to God and it's like, you know, if you had to, if you did something to, you know, back when we were young and, you know, I, I went away from what my parents told me to do and I got, maybe I didn't get caught, but I came clean. Mom, hey man, I just want, I just want to say, man, I did this thing. I just, I'm so sorry. Or maybe I got caught. <laughs> In our cases, we probably got caught. And so you get caught, that's usually the worst um, because there's immediate pain. But here's the thing, God doesn't want to, God doesn't want to give us he doesn't want to give us punishment, but here's the thing. Punishment is already built in. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. So that has to be a true statement. If the wages of sin is death, then that means that our sins carry, they carry some discipline in them. They carry some, they car, they're, they're carrying some lashes. How do we avoid those lashes? It doesn't mean you're going to avoid them, but you could. Because in our repentance, when we go to God and we let go of the pride, we humble ourselves. When we let go of the white lies and we say, God, God, we I recognize that these things was happening in my life. I let go of judging others. I let go of like... You know, there's a time when there's premarital sex. I 
let go of these things. You know, there was a time when, you know, I was I was doing things that didn't honor him. You know, there was times when I was involved in things that, you know, when I may have been involved in things that may have defrauded people, you know, stole from people, you know. Yeah, young in my young days. I did some things, right? So you go back and you say, hey, I did these things and I'm asking you to give me a change of heart here. Give me your heart today so that so that I can be who you know that I am. Wipe these things clear. We're asking for the wiping of sin, the wiping away, blotted out. We're asking in our in our prayer, we're just asking to take it away. Take away the pain, take away, take away the wages of sin. Because now we're closer to you. All right. We prayed, we repented. <laughs> we got to change your heart now. Now it's just time to live, right? But here's the thing. How do you live and stay close to God? We have to keep doing this over and over again. This is where I failed. I failed at this. I didn't keep repenting. I'm not saying I'm not saying that I'm constantly asking God for forgiveness, but change of heart. I've got to make sure my heart is changed today. What about you? What do you need to repent of? Is it worth getting closer to God? Is it worth going through some of the things that God want to take you through so that he can actually demonstrate to you the power that you possess. Is it worth it? I say it is. I say it's worth it. So if it's worth it to you and you want to get closer to God, the act of getting closer to God is going through the act of repentance. And repentance is, is, is a change of heart and mind that brings us closer to God. And if that's what you want today, I'm just going to pray over your life and I'm going to pray over you that that happens for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just ask for repentance today. We ask for the change of heart that, that every individual, every person that is looking to get closer to you will accept who you are in their life, accept Jesus Christ and say to themselves that, you know what? I will no longer be bound by sin. I will no longer be bound by things that the enemy has set up against me. I will now only allow God himself, will only allow you to, to rest and rule over our lives today. And we thank you, Lord, for this, this repentance hour, this time that you've given us to just give our lives back to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I thank you for joining me today for another episode of the Account for Life podcast. I'm Jay Moore, healthy accountant, helping you to account for your life. God bless, and I'll see you on the next one. Peace. Thanks for joining us, listening friends. We are so glad you invested this time with us. Always remember, you only have one life to live, so live it to the fullest. This has been the Account for Your Life podcast with your host, the healthy accountant himself, Jay Moore. Until next time, make it a great day.